Welcome to Lighthouse International Ministry. I'm your host, your pastor, Pastor Maurice uh, Gaskin Sr. Uh, we hope, trust, and pray that today's message will be reviving to you. Um, we just believe that this is spiritual food for your soul. Amen. We all need manna, the bread a lot from heaven. Amen. And today we just want to pray with you before we begin to get in God's word. It's always a time for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for life, health, and strength. Father God, we thank you for your people that are the sheep of your past. Lord, we just ask that this word will penetrate through the darkness of every home, every heart, every mind. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak life to those that are going through, to those that feel like they're giving up. We just speak life. If you can, just stretch forth your hand to your computer, to your TV, your whatever device you have. Amen. And we just want to speak life, touch, and agree that today is your day and that you will defeat all the giants, problems, situations in your life. Amen. And amen. Amen. We have a word from the Lord today for you. Amen. We have a word. Not only is it encouraging, not only is it joyous, but it's a word that can be life-changing. But you'll have to make the call. Amen. And uh, before we get too far, far, I just want to tell you that our main text, what we'll use for a text, is going to come from 2 Samuel verse 15 to verse 22. And then we want to use for a subject is you have to slay your giants, amen? Or we must slay our giants, amen? I want to uh, get you to repeat that with me. We must, I mean, each and every one of us have to slay our own giants. And I want to give you a hint that whatever giant you're slaying, he has kinfolks, and that's going to bring us to the reading of our word. Amen. Uh, verse 15 said, once again, everybody say once again. I'm not one of those pastors, but it's in the word. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines. And he became exhausted. He was tired. David is not 15 or 16 when he killed Goliath. He's a much older man. Amen. And it said, And Ishbanah, one of the descendants of the Raphai, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels and was armed with a new sword, said he would kill David. In other words, this guy had a spear. The head of his spear weighed seven and a half pounds. And he had a new sword, if you don't understand. In other words, because David had killed his older brother, he never forgot that. And he said, I'm going to have a new spear, amen, and I got a new knife to cut him with. And a whole lot of us can relate to that. Hey, you did something to my brother. You did something to my sister. But we're going to read on because this is not where we're going to rest at. Amen. Let's read. But Abishai, the son of Zeru, came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David men swore to him, saying, Never again will you go out with us to battle. 
so that the lamp of Israel would not be extinguished. In the course of time, there was another battle. Everybody can say again and again. We're in a battle. Amen. Listen. And in another battle with the Philistines at Gob or Gath, Elohim, son of Jerry Origem, the Bethlehemite killed Goliath, the Gittite, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. In still another battle, which took place at Gath, there was a huge man, a huge man, six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all. He also was descended from Raphael. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan's son of Shemaiah, David's brother, killed him. These were four, these four were descendants of Raphael and Gath. And they fell at the hand of David and his men. Amen. It's very important that the body of Christ will rise up against not only the physical giants, but there are a lot of spiritual giants, and there's a lot of inner giants. Amen. And when we look at this record as the Bible was reading, what it's telling us is that life is filled with battles. There are a lot of ups. Life is filled with many downs. Life is filled with many people, with many situations. Amen. No matter how loving, how caring you may be, no matter how generous you are, amen, you must learn how to face difficulties. You must learn how to face your demons, we call it, or in today's lesson, your giants. You must learn how to rest in the Lord and to have peace and joy in the midst of war. Today, as I was meditating upon this, I thought about the uh, comedy show MASH, and I thought about uh, different war movies that I've seen, that even though they was in the middle of a war, you always saw the soldiers working out with weights, some of them running, some of them playing baseball, some of them playing football. Nevertheless, they learn how to have rest and joy. But so many of us in church, we're getting depressed and we're feeling lonely because we haven't learned how to rest in God. In the book of Hebrews, it said, not all that came out of Egypt, excuse me, entered into the Lord's rest. There's a rest that is waiting for the people of God. Not when you die. You can rest now while you're defeating your enemies. You can rest now while you're facing your giants. You can rest now while you're fa facing your greatest opposition. Learn how to rest in God. The word said that just shall live by faith and not walk by sight. Amen. We can't go by what we see. Remember what King David said? We didn't read it today. But King David killed Goliath. And he says, I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. Whatever difficulty you're facing, whatever problem, you're going to have to rise up with that word and say, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. You must learn how to rest in the Lord, how to have peace and joy in the midst of the war. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I have realized that there will always be some kind of conflict or war 
trying to come in to disrupt our lives. Listen, I said trying to come in and disrupt our lives. Only you can control that. Only you can tell the giant how far he can come. And what we got to do is rise up again and slay our giant. We must learn how to slay our giants. Amen. And so today when I was reading, I discovered something, or shall I say the Lord began to reveal to me. I read to you about the physical giants, the external giants. We could see Goliath. We could see Lamu. We could see Ishbanah. We can see, and anybody can visualize this man, 11 fingers on each hand, 11 toes. You know, we can see that. But what God was revealing to me today is we must conquer the inner giants. There's a giant in each one of our lives. There's a giant that is steady rising up. If you'll notice according to the word, and again, they came. See, in the Old Testament, there was a time for war. And that's what he tells us in Ecclesiastics. It's a time for everything. And so during the season of war, the Philistines always come down. And in today's language, they was always trying to punk out the Israelites. Amen. God's chosen people. So they always come down taunting. The Bible said they was taunting. Goliath was taunting. Amen. And so David had a personal problem. But today we want to deal with some inner giants. Amen. Let's uh, read verse 19, starting at verse 12. And I'm going to bring you up to speed. King David is coming back into the kingdom. Absalom, his son, which had chased him out, amen, has died. Amen. And so since his men killed him, now he's coming back. And we're not going to read everything, but I'm going to start at verse 11. King David sent this message to Zadok and Abatar, the priest. Ask the elders of Judah, why should you be the last to bring the king back to the palace? If you read the word, there was other people that said, come on back, king. Come on back. It's ready. It's peace. It's safety. He said, why are y'all the last one to bring me back? Since what is being said throughout the Israel has reached the king at his quarter, you are my brothers, my own flesh and blood. So why should you be the last to bring me back? And say to Amasa, are you not my own flesh and blood? May God deal with me ever so severely if from now on you're not the commander of my army in the place of Joab. Listen, the first giant we have to learn how to deal with is family or blood or your feelings hurt or disappointment. See, the way that we handle our family sometimes may not be right. The disappointment or the grief we are brought to us, it hurts us and it disappoints us. So King David said, why are you guys the last ones to invite me back? to take my rightful place as king. Amen. In today, today's life, 
there are a lot of people, even in your own family, that hate to see you do good. They hate to see you excel. Amen. We're going to read about some old people. But one of the first things that we got to learn how to do is how to let some stuff go. Amen. You may have family issues. Amen. So you can't get mad at them. You can't throw a tantrum tantrum. You have to learn how to let it go. We will also note that as you rise in the Lord, one of your greatest gifts will be to let some stuff go. Let some people go. Let them talk. You must forgive them no matter how they wrong you. Amen. You're going to have to let them go. Amen. Let's read on. We're going to go to another place. Uh, you got to learn how to forgive. Amen. We find this out in 2 Samuel verse 16. Shemaiah, the son of Jerah, the Benjamite from Bejurum, hurried down with the men of Judah to meet King David. With him were a thousand Benjamites along Zibia, the steward Saul's household, his 15 sons and 20 servants. They rushed to the Jordan where the king was. See, everybody knows. Everybody knew. You know, sometimes we've been through stuff, and my wife said, y'all knew. No, we didn't know. We got Facebook now. No, we didn't know. Yeah, we got Messenger now. Yeah, you know everything. Yeah, what you mean you don't know? See, that's what he was dealing with. But we're going to keep right on reading. I had to throw that in because it said other people knew King David was getting ready to cross the river. Listen. They crossed at the ford to take the king's household over and to do whatever he wished. When Shemaiah, the son of Jerah, crossed the Jordan, he fell prostrate before the king. I know many of you are sitting there and you're saying, oh, that's a wonderful man. That's a man of God. But I want to remind you of who this guy really is. He's not a, a so in love with the king. He's not a, just a real God-fearing man. He's not at all just crazy about the anointed king, unlike Saul was not. The reason why he fell at his feet and the reason why he began to worship him, amen, was because of what he did earlier to him. What did he do, you might ask? He cursed the king. He threw rocks at the king. He said, king, you got to get out of here. King, your kingdom is destroyed because of what you did with Bathsheba. You have been sleeping around. He threw rocks at him and he cussed him. Your own son is trying to take your kingdom. That is the same man that is now running. So what do you do? When you know somebody has meant you harm, what do you do when you know somebody said, all kind of men are evil against you? And listen to what his right-hand man said. He said, y'all to let me take his mouth. But because David is a man after God's own heart, I'm going to read it to you what he said. But uh, listen. Then Abishai, the son of Zeru, said, shouldn't Shemaiah be put to death for this? He cursed the Lord's anointed. And listen to what King David said. See, we got to get some guts in the church. We need to learn how to tell the truth and quit apologizing for everything we said because it's written in the word. David 
King David replied, what do you and I have in common? In another translation, the King James Version said, hush, this matter don't concern you. In other words, if I'm talking to my wife and Kelly began to come in, hey, this is an ABC, AB conversation. See your way out of it. This doesn't concern you. Listen, what do we have in common? You sons of Zeru, this day you have become my adversaries. Should anyone be put to death in Israel? See, this is supposed to be a joyous day. What happens when you're having a wedding party and a fight stirs up? What do you have when you're having, uh, what is those days called? A family reunion. And you overhear people talking about you on your own property, in your own house. Hey Amen. This is supposed to be a good day. This is a wonderful day because the king is coming in. The king is taking his rightful place. But instead, it's more junk coming up. Amen. And so listen, he said, I'm not even going to worry about that. Amen. So Shemaiah, the son of Jerusalem, cursed him. Amen. And the Bible said he was a tormentor. See, a tormentor is somebody that's like Satan. He's just steady nagging. He's steady throwing rocks. He's steady. He's persistent. He is so persistent. Why do you think the American people is so screwed up? The politics is screwed up. The the help about the virus is because we got tormentors and we got too many people in office that doesn't have a discerning spirit. We have too many people that are in position that don't understand, don't have. The Bible said they don't have the wisdom of God for they have turned the truth to God into a lie and they have started worshiping the creature more than the creator. See, anytime we start adopting the ways of the world, we're going to have a problem. Amen. So, so many of us, instead of destroying giants, we are producing giants. Amen. But today, you're going to learn how to be a giant slayer. Amen. Today, we got to deal with inner giants. We got to learn how to let stuff go. And then we got to learn how to forgive. Amen. Jesus said, if you don't forgive people, your father won't forgive you. I don't care how bad they hurt you. I don't care how bad they embarrass you. Listen, this was some embarrassing words. Because the king felt bad for what had happened. His kids, uh, his house is all in shambles. Amen. He didn't need nobody else telling him. Amen. And so many of us has went through these same things. Amen. Listen, uh, I'm going to read another scripture to you. But I'm going to tell you, these are giants that must be slain. Can I get somebody to say, what is it now? Amen. Who is it? What do you want? Can I have some peace and quietness? Here we go again. Amen. Here's the giant, the troublemaker. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 20. Now, listen to what the word said. A troublemaker named Sheba, son of Bacri, a Benjamite, happened to be there. He sounded the trumpet and he shouted, We have no share in David, no part in Jesse's son. Every man to his tent. Oh, Israel. So all the men of Israel deserted 
David to follow Sheba, the son of Bacri. But the men of Judah stayed by their king all the way from Jordan to Jerusalem. Listen, the Bible said he was a troublemaker. And the Bible talks about these are people that sow discord. You know, even in the New Testament, it said these are the people that trouble your feast. These are the spots in your tabernacle. You know, even in Revelation, Jesus says, uh, I know what Satan's seed is. And I know they that have a Nicolaitan spirit. We have troublemakers in the church. I was telling my class earlier that, uh, that I have a pastor friend over 20 years ago. He says he realized that all of the problems that he had in his church was coming from a lady that never said a word in church, a troublemaker. See, we got to learn how to identify a giant. See, in the Old Testament, it said Goliath, and it says his stature, nine foot one. And then Ishbanah, he stood so tall, you know, and then the rest of them, they were so tall and they had so many fingers. So, amen, what are we saying? We got to learn how to call a spade a spade, and we got to learn how to deal with the troublemakers. I heard my pastor say the other day that he told a man, hey, you want to start your church? Go ahead, I'm going to give you some chairs, amen, because you're going to have to go where you want to keep up confusion. See, a troublemaker hates unity. And that is nothing more than Satan himself. I'm going to show you how to identify him. Satan hates peace. He sows discord. The Bible said there are seven things that the Lord hates, and that is one that sows discord. Listen to what it says. Now a troublemaker. The Bible said he was a troublemaker, and he calls his name. We don't want to call nobody out no more. We don't want to say a sin is a sin. But I'm going to tell you, just because you don't want to preach about sin, just because you don't want to label the sin, doesn't mean it changes. Uh, God doesn't change. God told, called Peter Satan, his number one disciple. So if God can say, get thee behind me, Satan, what about us? Amen. We got to learn how to get the confusion out. Everybody said, get the sin out, get the sin out. Get the troublemaker out. Get the giant out. Because these people here would tear up your homes. They would tear up your church. Right now, your house is tore up. All because of a troublemaker. All because of one that the Bible says a tailbearer. He's just a liar. A tailbearer. Uh, then you got him that sold discord. He keep disunity. The Bible said a tailbearer separate the chief of friend. So why don't you and your good friend get along no more? It's probably a tailbearer. Why is your church in confusion? Why do you always have to put out this fire and that fire? It's because you got too many troublemakers in your church. Get the troublemakers out. When you get troublemakers in your house, see, I'm like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. I made up my mind a long time ago, and I told my wife, hey, we're going to have peace in our house. We ain't going to let nobody, whether it's our kids or anybody else, bring discord and tailbear. You ain't bringing no hell at my house. You're going to have to get the hell out, get the troublemakers out. Then you'll have peace in your house. You got to learn how to slay the giants. I'm aware of this old song. Sweep around your own front door. 
before you try to sweep around mine. See, David had peace. He had joy. He had love in his heart way before he ever killed Goliath. So a lot of you want to be a giant slayer, a dragon slayer, but you ain't learned how to slay the giants in your own life. You got hell in your own house. You won't put the devil out. Amen. You're going to have to put him out your house. You're going to have to put him out your church. You're going to have to kill him on your job. Everywhere you go, you're going to have to kill. Remember, Job said, man born of a woman is a few days full of trouble. And then Jesus said, trials and tribulations you shall have, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world already. The only way you're going to overcome is you got to deal with some things. You got to walk through some things, and you got to face some things. So many of us don't want no conflict, but David and his men ran to conflict because we're going to get the giant out. Amen. You got to make up your mind today. We must slay our inner giants. Amen. Our inner giants are destroying our homes. It's destroying our churches. It's destroying the workforce because the whole world is gone mad. The whole world is confused. We don't know what's a man. We don't know who is a woman. We don't know anything. We don't know what's up. We don't know what's down, and that's because we have compromised the gospel. But I dare you to stand up today and say, I'm not compromising no more. I'm not going to let the Philistines run me, my house, and my city. God is looking for people that will stand up and say, no more. You ain't running my house. You ain't running my city. See, it's too many people running position that can't run their own house. The Bible said, if you can't run your house, you can't run mine. Amen. I'm not here to just sugarcoat everything, but you're going to have to slay your giants. Amen. And this is what God is telling us right now. Amen. We're going to have to slay some giants. We're going to have to slay some giants. Listen, the Bible says it separates the chief of friends. Listen, and I'm moving to a close, and this is going to be our series. I want you to remember, we must slay our giants. But listen to what the Lord said. These type of troublemakers, amen, they have no respect for God. They have no respect for the king. They have no respect of authority. But what's worse, Jesus said the blind will lead the blind. Amen. No submission. Amen. And so that's where we are, brothers and sisters. We got too many people, and I'm closing right now, is that we have too many blind folks leading others. We got too many giants running rapidly in our homes and in our churches. But you must make a conscious decision that we're going to have to stop and slay some giants. We ain't going to let no troublemakers stay here. We must learn that whenever and wherever we are, Amen, that we're going to have some peace. Amen. Shall we pray? Father God, I just thank you for all that are listening in TV land, radios, MP3, whatever devices in the airways. Lord, we just speak life over them right now, that they'll begin to rise up and that their inner strength, that, that they will begin to kill the inner giants, those giants that are fighting them, oh God, and that they will destroy, that they will learn how to forgive how to walk in love. But when it's time to confront issues, we will deal with it right there. Amen and destroy. We speak life over these people. We speak life over the churches. We speak life over America. And Lord, we just thank you and we love you. We forever give you the praise and the glory. And Lord, we just ask right now that you continue to cover us with your blood, oh Lord. Lord, that you continue to protect us 
from every disease. Amen. And we just thank you. Amen. Continue to fight and continue to press on. Amen. God loves you and shall he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may he protect you, give you divine health and divine wealth. Amen. We love you here at the Lighthouse International Ministries. Amen. We just ask that you go in peace and continue to trust God. Amen.